Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. I want to invite you to open up our Bible. Today's passage is going to be John chapter 6. It's a very, very well-known passage. And the Apostle John wrote his gospel thinking on those who have been influenced by Greek mentality, by Greek philosophy, including the Romans. So that's why we see a lot of theology and doctrine in the Gospel of John compared to the other uh, Gospels. And uh, he does that because he wants to present Jesus, the God-man, the man-God. That's why he does that. And his intention is for all of us, including back then, to the people that he wrote, the Holy Spirit wants to use that. Jesus is the man God, the God man. To, to consider that he's worthy, worthy of being followed, loved, worshipped. That's the main reason of why John wrote his gospel. So we can follow Jesus, love Jesus, know Jesus, serve Jesus. And today's text is a beautiful, beautiful text. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we see it in, in, in Pentecost. Because Pentecost is only the, the feast of the first fruits. And you and I are the fruits of the Holy Spirit bringing to Jesus. That's what happened in, in Acts. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave to Jesus the fruits, the first fruits of the church. So that's what, um, that's why we celebrate now in the new covenant, Pentecost. Not only is the coming of the Holy Spirit, but also the presenting of the church to Jesus. Jesus, this is your church. These are your children. These are your brothers and sisters. So let's dive in. John chapter 6, we will go from verse 1 up to 15. And says this, sometime after Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Pay attention to that. That's very important. All right. This is not random that John says the Jewish Passover festival was near. Meaning that probably all these people were coming to celebrate what? There we go. You have A straight right there. A plus. Way to go. Yeah. So when Jesus 
looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him. He said to Philip, this is really funny. This is so funny. Have you, have you picked when you have read your Bible that our Lord was really funny and sarcastic? I love, seriously. Actually, there's a book. I cannot remember the name of the author. It's called Jesus, the funny God. And it speaks about that part, that part of his character that not so many times we picked in the New Testament or even is preached. But what we're going to read, this dynamic between him and, and Philip is really funny. And, and he said this to Philip. Hmm. Where shall we buy bread for these people to, to eat? That's very sarcastic. Why? Because he has this only to what? To test him. Who does that? Only friends, right? I'm going to test you. And you're going to fail, by the way. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. He was playing with the poor Philip. <laughs> and Philip answered to our Lord Jesus, he would take more than half a year of wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite, even to have a bite. Another one comes and buys the dust. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother spoke up. Here's a boy with a lunchable, and his lunchable, and his lunchable has five small barley loaves and two small fish. He's talking about. If you go to the original, it's called about. He is speaking about sardines, really small fish, sardines. But how far will they go among so many? And, and really quick, this was the breakfast or actually the whole meal for a poor person that it was going to work that day. Meaning that this boy was what? Poor. And probably didn't have too much to give. <laughs> And Jesus said, have the people sit down. And he does that. He does that because at that time, only, only the masters, only those who were invited to great festivities and weddings and, and quinceañeras, probably, the only ones that they were allowed to be seated were the most important people in that party, in that festivity. And the ones that stood up were the servants and the slaves. So we can do another uh, preaching about our Lord Jesus showing servant leadership here. That's why he asked him, hey, let him see. They are our what? Our special guest. We are going to serve them. Imagine they've been Walking and walking and walking for so long. 
There was plenty of grass of the, in, in that place, and they sat down. Over 5,000 men were there, plus uh, uh, their spouses, plus, uh, plus their kids. Probably we're, we're speaking about between 12,000 to 15,000 people. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. So probably this was like a kind of Mexican quinceañera. You have tons and tons of good food. And he did the same with the fish, with the sardines. When they, oh, this is beautiful. When they had what? All enough to eat. When they were satisfied, he said to the disciple, and pay attention to this because many, many times we lose track of this. Gather the pieces that are left over. Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing to be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five uh, barley loaves left over by those who had eaten, who had been satisfied at the feet of Jesus, who have been satisfied in the presence of Jesus. Think about that. They were tired, thirsty, and they were satisfied at the feet of Jesus in his presence. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, pay attention. Surely this is the prophet who is to come in the world. And Jesus, knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, we threw again to a mountain by himself. The reason that he did this really quick is because the main reason he wanted to be known as a king, God, Lord, and Savior was because of his sacrifice at the cross, not because of giving food to people. Are we clear with that? That's why constantly he said, don't say nothing to anyone. Don't mention this because he wanted to be the greatest moment of his ministry in life to be on the cross, suffering. So really quick, in today's passage... The Apostle John wants us to see Jesus not only as the greater Moses, the prophet who will surpass Moses according to Deuteronomy 18.15. That's what they say. This is the prophet. Because they knew that in Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses told him, a greater prophet is going to come and he will do greater things. And that's what it means that Jesus will be 
greater than Moses and that Jesus will do greater things than Moses. I'm convinced that um, it's not a coincidence that John mentions that the Passover was near to be celebrated. Just as, as, as I mentioned it a while ago. Our Lord Jesus in this passage has done the same Pay attention, has done the same than what our father Yahweh did, where? Where? In the Exodus, in the desert, feeding people, leading to satisfaction, regardless of hunger and thirst. Jesus does the same, and John the Apostle John is bringing that to our attention today. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Jesus is Yahweh. And just as your great, 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 great parents got fed in the desert, Jesus did the same in this passage. And that's amazing. That's amazing. John wants us to see family, Thrive Vineyard. Jesus wants us to see Jesus. John wants us to see Jesus as the God who provides, the God who empathizes, the God who wants to use us, and the, and, and the God who wants our leftovers. So we repeat it. One, two, three. Jesus is the God who provides, the God who empathizes, the God who wants to use us, and the God who wants our leftovers. And let's be honest, most surely in this room, there's someone, there's someone who needs to hear and see one of more of these wonderful realities. Which one? Which one of this is for you? Or which ones are for you? Jesus is the God who wants to provide for our physical needs, but also, also for our spiritual needs need, for, for our emotional need, for our relational need. But the question this morning is, are we going towards Jesus? Am I going towards Jesus just like this crowd? Are we? Are you? My prayer, Fried Vineyard family, and my desire is that you can say, is that we can say, yes, yes, I'm going towards Jesus. I want to pursue Jesus. I want to come near and nearer and nearer towards Jesus. My prayer and desire is that you can say, that we can say, Lord Jesus, be my Savior, be my God, be my Good Shepherd. 
because I shall not want anymore. Because I shall not thirst anymore. Please, Lord, please make me lay down in green pastures. Please lead me beside still waters. And this speaks about finding rest in Jesus. Restore my soul, Lord Jesus. Lead me in paths of righteousness for the sake of your name. And where do we find this prayer? Psalm 23. But now we have prayer, Psalm 23, in a very personal way. Not just David, David, King David, actually praying that prayer. Jesus wants to provide that for you this morning. Are you hungry? Are you thirsting? Are you seeking to satisfy all this in other places with other people instead of, of our Lord God and King Jesus? He's telling you this morning, he's telling us this morning, you shouldn't do that because I am the one who provides. Stop seeking. I am here. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus is the God who empathizes. And this means that Jesus has the capacity to understand what am I, why I am experiencing and what I'm feeling right now in this present moment. Are you dealing with anxiety? Are you dealing with depression? Are you feeling lonely? Jesus empathizes. Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel that you don't have any worth? Do you feel tired? Sad? Do you feel happy? Jesus empathizes with you. That's the kind of God and Savior that we have. So once again, the question remains right there in front of us. Are we going to come to Jesus? Are we going to come near to Jesus to find what these people found at this passage at this time? For them, it was food, right? But he, he goes beyond that. He goes beyond that. And... It's beautiful that we can say Jesus understands. He understands. And my prayer is that this morning you can realize Jesus understands and he's with me in this present moment. Jesus is the God who wants to use us. Man. What a privilege is to do what our Father is doing. What a privilege is to do what Jesus is doing. What a privilege is to do what the Holy Spirit is doing. So 
other question that is in front of us is, what are we doing with our, li with our lives? What am I doing with my life? Think about that for a moment. What are you doing? Is just waking up every morning, Monday, four in the morning, five in the morning, take a shower, brush my teeth, ready to go to work and make my coffee. Has to be Colombian, by the way, right? Really good. And I'm Mexican, but I can say Colombian coffee, my respect. Ready to go to the office, to the factory, to the business, finishing at five, six, seven, coming home, have dinner, watch Fox News or CNN, a little bit of Netflix, and once again around 10, 11, go to bed to do the same the next morning. That's not living, that's surviving. That is not living. So imagine that in this surviving mode that sometimes we think that is the American dream. Imagine that in this, the Lord wants to use us in our everyday lives. Imagine that he wants to use you in your high school and college. He wants to use you as salt and light of the world. Equipping others with the gospel. Imagine that he wants to use you in the office, in the factory. Just like he did with his disciples right here in open field. He wants to use us. Man, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. Have you think about that? He has millions of millions of millions of Mexicans and he chose to use us all. Wow. What do you want to do with your life? When John, John wrote his gospel to let us know it is worth it to pursue Jesus. It's worth it to love, to serve, to worship, to follow Jesus. Not just live life in surviving mode. Man, something that I missed. I think that I mentioned it last month. Something that I missed so dearly of being a bivocational pastor is the opportunities that I had over the years to pray for the sick, just to share the gospel when people came with questions. So why are you Christians this and this and this? Okay, at lunch, we can talk. Now, I have to respond to emails with crisis here, crisis over there, crisis over there. And now, it's more regarding ministry. The dynamic that Lady and I are diving in this season in our lives. But before, I really miss that. So that's why when, when I had the opportunity in any restaurant or when the spirit prompts me, you know, I take that opportunity. The Lord wants to use you. 
And that's a privilege. That's a privilege. That's why I so highly value the beautiful doctrine of election. Because he doesn't have to, and he does it in spite of me. And the last one. Jesus is the God who wants our leftovers. Our waste. Wow. That's amazing. He didn't have to ask for this, right? He didn't have to. But he is the one who sent the disciples to get the waste, the leftovers, and said, bring it to me. Bring it to me. And the application of this for our lives today is probably you and I have leftovers in our lives. Waste in our lives. Or probably we think that our life is a waste of time. We are wasting our life. And this morning, Jesus is saying to us, no, no. Bring me your leftover. Bring me your waste because I am the one who makes everything new. And and he says that in Revelation chapter 21 verse 5. I want your addiction. I want those promptings that are not healthy. I want your lack of commitment. I want your lack of that. I want your broken marriage. I want your broken relationship with your parents. I want all this that you know that is a waste. I want it because I am the one who makes everything new. Jesus is this kind, this kind of God who doesn't waste anything. And if you are here this morning and you are exploring what's up with Thrive Vineyard, what's up with this thing called Christianity, what's up with Jesus, I want to tell you this. Jesus is the God, Savior, King, Good Shepherd, friend who wants to make your life new. He wants to give you new life. Repent, repent from your sins and turn to Jesus. Surrender to Jesus and you won't regret it. Repent and surrender to Jesus this morning. Because he's worth it. No one, no one is far away from the grace, compassion and salvation of Jesus. No one. And probably you have tend to seek, just as I mentioned a while ago, you have tend to seek in other places, places fulfillment for these voids that you have in your soul and in your heart. And today, for you, my friend, is the day of salvation. And for you, my friend, today is the moment of salvation. Thirst no more. Thirst no more. 
come to Jesus and pray this prayer that, that I prayed 32, 32? Yeah, 32 years ago. Jesus, I don't know you, but I want to know how to know you. I don't love you, but I want to know how to love you. I don't know who you are, but I want to know who you are. I surrender to, to, to you. Forgive my sins. And today, through this beautiful passage, we can see why millions and millions and millions of people, when they consider, hmm, I've wasted my life doing this. Hmm, I've wasted my life doing that. There's a moment, there's a moment when we receive the gift of illumination and faith and in His grace and mercy, the Father beckons us and says, I want you as my kid. I want you to be part of my family. And right there is when we surrender to, to Jesus because we cannot find other hope. There's no hope outside of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that. Letty and I, when we were uh, probably around a year into our marriage, we got married really young. She was 17. I was five. All right. So <laughs> I was 21. <laughs> 21, 17 and 21, imagine, all right? And just one day, I was just about throw everything. And, and the Holy Spirit prompted me. And we decided to make Jesus Christ our hope, our foundation. Because Far away from Jesus, there's no hope. That's why these people came to who? To whom? To Jesus. That's why they came to Jesus. Not to the Pharisees, not to the teachers of the law, not to religion. Religion sucks. Jesus saves. Religion doesn't save. So my prayer is that you can consider that Jesus wants everything because he's the one who makes everything new. Think about that. So I want to give you a moment so you can do uh, a little bit of introspection. What is the leftover in your life? What's something that you can bring to Jesus that you know that is a waste in your life? And the beauty of thinking about this is that Jesus wants to renew, restore, make everything new in your life. Any addiction, any hidden addiction, any, once again, unhealthy promptings that we have in our flesh, all that, 
all that, we can bring it at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, this is what I have. Renew me. Restore me. Make me new. Lord, I know that you are here with us. I know that your presence is here with us. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful Savior. God, Holy Spirit, come once again and fill us up with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. And I pray in this moment for the gift of faith, the gift of illumination. I pray for salvation. I pray for renewal. Move, God, Holy Spirit. 